As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast, where we explore how to center our lives and our leadership in the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. In the midst of the disruptive cultural shockwaves of the 21st century. Join us as we learn to take the love of God seriously as the force that holds all of us and everything together. If you're loving this podcast, we invite you to go deeper and partner with us in our work by joining the Gravity Commons, our online community of practice for connecting and learning together. As a member of the Gravity Commons, you get access to live podcast recordings with upcoming guests, as well as other opportunities to connect and learn together with us in real time. Including learning labs, member meetups, discussion boards, online courses, and our practitioner podcast. Go to gravityleadership.com slash commons to find out more. See you in the commons. <laughs> hey, you're listening yeah. to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. I'm joined by Ben Sternke. This is Matt Tebby. Hello. Um, hello. And Ever, next. Next Ever, agenda item. <laughs> we were just talking about how we kind of have to do this intro quick. We've got appointments to get to. Hey, uh, I want to uh, uh, alert the listener to something. Mm-hmm. I have had a Kairos. In the last uh, few months, Listener, I've shared a this. Kairos. A Kairos mm-hmm. is a noticing. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the simplest way to say it. Yeah. An internal noticing. Hmm. A little, hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I was telling Ben that I feel like uh, I've been listening to podcasts with people that act silly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realize that I'm very, I'm very, you know this, Ben, about me. I'm very silly. Mm-hmm. You are. Capital I, V, capital S. <laughs> very silly. It's I like delight. I delight in silliness. But... But here's the deal. I'm a priest uh-huh. and a pastor, and I'm also, I lead a coaching organization with people that, uh, you know, lead things. And 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 here's here's what I've found. People don't typically want their priests to be silly. Yeah. And they don't want uh, their coaches to be silly. And so I, I tend to stifle or repress my silliness, and it comes out in weird ways when I do that. Hmm. Um. 
So sometimes there's lower yeah. wind. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes there's upper wind. I can't. Yeah. I, the silliness has to find its outlet it's ha- somehow. It's happening right now, isn't it, Matt? <laughs> Is the silliness with us in the room right now? Any anyway, <laughs> anyway, I listener, I have decided to give myself permission to mm-hmm. be sillier on this podcast, and I. Uh, I gave myself permission even before Ben gave me permission. <laughs> but I, uh, you may have noticed that. And uh, I know that sometimes my silliness is bothering, um, just rubs people the wrong way. And sometimes uh, it's inappropriate. And sometimes I don't realize when it's inappropriate. And I want to mention something. A few podcasts ago, I'm, I made a joke about withdrawal. And I think I mm-hmm. min- made a joke about heroin withdrawal. Mm-hmm. And that's not funny, Ben. Um no. It's not funny. We 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 actually had somebody call us. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um, someone uh, call us who had some family uh, yeah. history with um, yeah someone that they loved um, who had suffered grave consequences from heroin addiction. Yes, and yeah. to be clear, I I think many of uh, peop- the people listening to this have had someone in their family touched by addiction, yeah. and in particular opiate addiction, which is uh, just ravaging the country. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I called this person, apologized, and really, I'm grateful. So uh, I'm really grateful if I cause offense, if I cause mm-hmm. harm, and someone brings it to my attention, uh, because it's a chance for me to apologize and make any restitution that needs to be made. And so mm-hmm. I commit to those two things: one, to um, yeah, apologize when I'm wrong. Um, and two, be silly, <laughs> which means I could be wrong, uh, in, uh, slipshod ways that right. uh, I can't predict. Yeah. 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 I, I, uh, I found I, I really appreciated, um, yeah, the courage, uh, that this listener oh, yeah. uh, reached out with. Yeah. It was very, yeah. and it wasn't, it wasn't mean spirited at all. It oh, was no. just a, you, you guys should know how this impacts me and people, probably people like me. Yep. I was uh, really grateful for that. Yeah, and just to be clear, uh, yeah, for what for whatever it's worth, I did uh, call this person, leave them a message, yeah. and yeah, you uh, just that. thank them. So, yeah. well, um, glad for that. Hey, today, uh, Matt, though, this is our last uh, this is our last podcast episode on the book forever. We ran out of chapters. Oh, for, on the book, not on, on the book, the book, not on the books, but on the oh, book, yeah. on the books. Yeah, we've got quite a few in. <clears throat> Uh, on the books. Well, mm-hmm. we've got quite a few on the books. We also have quite a few in the can, if you will. Are those two different places? I think so. I think on the books means it's scheduled. In the can means it's been recorded. <laughs> okay. So in the wild means it's been released. So the so I the guess. so the podcasts in the can are also on the books, but many of the podcasts on they the books on are the books. not in the can. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> they were they were on the books, but the 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 book has the date that they were on the books has passed because we've already recorded them. Oh, anyway, wow. we got lots of new podcast episodes coming, yeah. interviews and such with uh, people who've written cool things and are doing cool things. But yeah. this is our last podcast about the book that Matt and I wrote, "Having the Mind of Christ," mm-hmm. um, which means this is your last chance to buy the book. After this, you it will be unavailable in any bookstores. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, that's that's me being a little bit silly, Ben. This podcast is a little big, bit silly. I don't know what will happen if you start acting silly. I think it might be fun. It might be, uh, <laughs> might be a little... 
That's how you know. Actually, that's how you know that you're moving towards health, Ben, is when you give yourself permission. Just get silly. It is true. To be silly. It is true. I, I, I am very, people who know me well and that I trust, they know how silly I can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you meet me for the first time, you will think I'm a, a fairly sort of uh, buttoned up person. Straight laced. And I, and I tend to be, uh, you know, in those kind of environments. But if, uh, if you know, if you, if you get to know me and you get to, and I trust you, mm-hmm. I will, I will show you some silliness. Yeah. That can be very silly. Well, um, the conclusion. The conclusion of the book, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where we, we, um, we talk about this a little bit, but um, we introduce a model um, that's it's actually like a simplified version of the model that we teach in Gravity Leadership Academy. And it's a really simple, practical model for, um, I mean, one way of saying it is living by faith, yep. <laughs> um, uh, which, you know, kind of, we tend to over-spiritualize that concept, I think. But um, I think this has been something that... Matt, ever since we started Gravity, I think this has been a a passion of ours. Like it's been very important to us to make uh, spiritual transformation and living by faith and being a Christian eminently practical. Yeah, to make it very very practical. And so this last chapter is really kind of how to um, how to live out your faith. You know, if these axioms mm-hmm. are true, how to, you know it's not about kind of trying to cram them into your mind and you know, memorize them harder and mm-hmm. try real, try real hard to believe these things to be true, but it's about surrender and consent and allowing and small steps of trust. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway. so, so listener, surrender yourself to the rest of this podcast. Yeah, please do. Please do. Welcome, listener. Listeners, I'm assuming there's more than one of you, but that could be a wrong assumption. Either way, <laughs> we may outnumber you. There's four of us again today. I, Matt Tebby, joined by Ben Sternke with our friends Christy Penley and Gino Kirkaruto. Good day. Good, good day. day, everybody. Hello. I'm listening, Matt, nice so be, there's more than one. Nice to be back together. All right, good. Yeah. So you plus kind the two listeners, default. I think what's equal. We have an equal team, three on three. <laughs> kind of by Basketball. Default. Uh, we're talking, we're rounding out our series on our new book, Having the Mind of Christ. We've been discussing this uh, chapter to chapter, and today we're taking the final part of the book, the conclusion, uh, which is entitled Acting as If It's True. This part of the book is taking the eight axioms, summarizing um, essentially what do we do about seeing the world this way? How do we actually become come to believe these axioms? And so, pushing back against maybe some of the things we've inherited or just assumed about, I got to think more about this, or I got to memorize this, or this will just take time. Um, I got to become certain of this before I can trust it. Uh, We talk about how we learn uh, things in the kingdom of God, how we have to trust them. And so this chapter is about uh, living as though these axioms are true, doing experiments of trust that get these concepts, these ways of seeing into our bodies, not just in our brains, but into our bodies and relationships, etc. It includes a little model uh, about awareness, alignment, and action, and then helps us begin to begin to live by faith, 
really. Mm-hmm. Begin to walk out this stuff uh, with fear and trembling uh, and great hope, right, for transformation. So, uh, Gino and Christy, as is our custom, uh, let me ask you, um, in what ways have you seen this dynamic, this acting as though it's true? Um, how has it been helpful for you? Gino, let's start with you. So I I act as if a lot of things are true, most of them not helpful, you know? <laughs> and so th- this yeah. this idea is really is really good for me because I think that there's a lot of fears and things that go on in my head and um, expectations that aren't usually met because they're based in my fear of how someone will respond to something. And I act as if that's true and lose sleep, you know, and all these things. I think people Mm -hmm. can probably relate to that. And so there's a lot of good news in this idea of taking something that I already do that doesn't do good work for me Hmm. and just reframing it to saying, what does it cost you to act as if this is true is the question Mm -hmm. that I ask myself a lot Hmm. of times. And so, um, these are experiments of trust that um, I've kind of made into like a playful exercise for myself and the people in our community to say, you know, we don't want to ignore that maybe there are some serious risks in certain situations, obviously. Mm -hmm. I think that should go without saying, but I said it anyway. And I think that it's um, (laughs) important to recognize that, but also to say, what if you acted as if this was true? that God was present and at work or really was all about love. How might that change things for you? Um, so not, not denying reality and not faking it until you make it kind of a thing. Um, it's yeah. really transformed quite a bit of just interpersonal relationships, how I um, yeah. live in community and my internal dialogue quite a bit. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's relatable to you all, if you have experiences totally. with that. Yeah, that's super relatable for me, Gino. I, I think, um, yeah, I think I used to, um, I think what you're naming is a, a significant paradigm shift for a lot of people. Um, I certainly had to go through this kind of paradigm shift where, you know, I I like how you put it that I'm always acting as if something is true, you know, that we're, we're always perceiving reality and assuming that what we're seeing, like we can rely on as like solid and, um, I think the paradigm shift is learning to learning to just ask playful questions about that. Well, I wonder if I wonder if that's true, or I wonder if this could be true, or I wonder if the, this thing I would like to be true might be true. And um, I think the key the key for me has been um, instead of kind of white knuckling it, gripping hard, mm-hmm. trying to like I got to change the way I think about this. Um, just treating it more playfully, like you said, Gino, has been really helpful for me just to say like, well, I don't know, like, what if for the next five minutes, when I have this conversation, I acted as if it was true that, you know, you know, maybe some piece of good news uh, for me. And then, you know, it's just a playful experiment uh, in the kingdom of God, um, which I I think is something I first, uh, Dallas Willard probably um, in the Divine Conspiracy was the first person to kind of suggest this as a way of living by faith, to just say like, just run little experiments, just assume that Jesus knew what was best and try it out, you know, try doing yeah. this instead of that and see what happens, you know, um, sort of, he, he was the first person to sort of 
<laughs> to speak as if the kingdom of God was real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. It's not just like this idea that would, like, oh, that'd be so great. It's like, no, it's real and you can rely on it. And so try it, you know, try, try these experiments. Um, but I think that playful attitude is a really key part of this. Yeah. Yeah. Christy, what are your thoughts? Yeah. You know, you guys have been kind of thinking through this and writing about this and talking about this for the last decade. And so I've had mm. the privilege of being around you guys and hearing this and, and I feel like it's gotten in my bones, like truly mm. yeah. that this, this process um, that you kind of talk about in this conclusion, the model of acting as if it's true and the whole like compassionate awareness and creating alignment and cooperative action is is the way in which I believe like real discipleship happens in yeah. my life, but also in other people's lives. And so I think what you're talking about is is spot on. Like so much of my life before this was trying harder, was faking it till you make it, you know, was this whole like, oh, let me just grip my teeth and kind of quote unquote do the right thing or whatever. And and now I find myself like, what does it look like to be compassionate to the things I'm noticing? Hmm. Um in my life or in the people around me's life and to ask some questions, to dig a little bit, to, um, to not just think like I'm checking the box, but actually digging like what's underneath. And, um, hmm. and specifically I would say maybe in the last year, um, a lot of this has come up with different emotions. Like when I have some sort of emotional reaction to something, I am, much more compassionate towards myself of like, what's going on here and what am I believing and, and kind of questioning that rather than like being the, I don't know, like the dictator, like get yourself together. You know, yeah. I'm much more compassionate to my emotions. And then, and then as I'm compassionate to them, the lies that I believe about myself or about God uh, kind of surface and I'm able to see that. And then because of that, able to, what is the truth and how do I marinate in the truth and kind of live into that? Um, not like quote unquote accountability, but like real life walking it through. So I feel like it really had, like what you said, Gino, relationships, friendships, situations, emotions, like it's coming. This is playing out in my life in like in a real way. <laughs> well, that's good news. It is good news. Yeah. That's great. Well, maybe then to turn that coin over, let's talk about where is this difficult, right? Mm -hmm. Where Where is truth stuck, maybe, is another way to answer that question. Or where mm -hmm. is a belief sort of paralyzed or or stuck in, in maybe just a, a thought process or a notion rather than in like actualized embodied participation? Yeah. Well, I'm just gonna go with like this week. <laughs> um, are you gonna just, Are you gonna bring up that conversation we had? Kind of. Can I do that? Yeah, this is okay. good, Christy. I'm I'm just gonna give one aspect of it, listeners. I I called Matt, and uh, sometimes I get stuck, and I need I need to process it with somebody else, you know. And it, it's helpful to dialogue with somebody else and have somebody else kind of dig in and ask some questions. And um, and so I did that with Matt, and. There were several kind of examples in my life where I was noticing um, kind of this uncomfortable, ooh, I want these people to be happy with me. So, for example, um, kind of without naming names or giving 
specifics. Um, I had a, a friendship that um, I, I left a message and kind of given like, hey, call me back. I want to talk to you about something because I had um, I'd kind of thrown something out there and they hadn't responded. And so sometimes when someone doesn't respond, the story I tell myself is like, ooh, they don't like me or they're mad at me or something like that. And so they didn't respond. So then I texted in and I was like, hey, can we like chat about this? Um, the funny thing was like the story was true. Like they were kind of pissed off at me a little bit. And um, and I was like, oh my gosh. But in that, there was some compassion like of, okay, what what's going on? Like, why am I feeling like I need to control their response to me? Um, I think that there was some misunderstanding that probably need could be cleared up. But the story I was telling myself was that I could control if people liked me. I could control people are happy with me. If I just did X, Y, or Z, then these people would just be, you know, pleased with me and my friend and think that I'm all great and, um, and you know, and a bag of chips type of mentality. And just getting to the place where I can't control that. I can't control people mm-hmm. um, liking me and being happy with me. And, oh, you guys, I don't like that. And so – I didn't even want to sit with that. I didn't even want to sit and think about like, what's the truth? Um, yeah. Because it just felt for the Enneagram three in me, it felt like, no, 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 I need to achieve this. I need to do this. I can like, people can be my like project. That sounds really yeah. yucky. And now I'm having like a vulnerable hangover right now as I'm looking at you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, Christy, um, let me let me affirm. Uh, thank yeah. you for sharing that. And yeah. I think one of the helpful parts of the Enneagram that we've all discovered is that it makes sense of the of the places in our lives that seem the most embarrassing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So so the fact that I mean you you tie this into being Enneagram three, which you not being able to turn Christy on and massage how other people experienced you yeah. is devastating for a three. Yes. Devastating. And so what, so what I hear you saying isn't like, I, I, get, I have a unique difficulty in acting as though it's true, but rather this is the place or the space in my life where acting as though it's true is most difficult. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I hear I hear in that too, Christy. Um, something that I think is really common uh, for a lot of us in that when the good news initially comes to us, it doesn't often feel like good news because because we've been so entrenched in a lie about how to bring goodness to ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And so your your and I appreciate your vulnerability in saying this, but your desire to control or um, at least manage how other people see you is it feels like a threat to lay that down because, you know I mean? Like so much of your identity has probably been wrapped up in that, you know, and probably because you're good at it and you're very likable and people do like hanging around you. And you know what I mean? Like all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff is, I think is really, um, is key to notice that oftentimes the good news when it comes to us, it does feel it's a, we lay down the lies that we believe about ourselves and about God. We lay them down with fear and trembling. It really is difficult sometimes to let go of these these things that we've built our whole life on, you know, yeah. for so many years. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I used to get really discouraged about that. 
you know, I used to get discouraged that I'm like, oh, I'm not, you know, like I'm not as far, far along as I thought I was. Uh, but I think one of the things that we talk about in this chapter that has been helpful for me is just realizing that I don't need to like, my progress in this isn't going to look up and to the right. It's not going to be steady over time. It's going to, you know, it's going to look like a squiggly line kind of all over the place. But all I need to worry about, I don't actually need to worry about my trajectory or my progress. All I need to worry about is in this moment right now, when I'm aware of this, is there something that I can just take one step? What's one step of faith that I can take that, you know, represents belief in the good news about who I am? Um, And so, you know, I see you doing that with calling Matt. That's a step of faith you know, to talk it through with somebody, you know, that's a step, like to actually open up about this thing you feel shame about. That's, mm-hmm. that's faith. Actually, that's trust. That's belief yeah. for you to share this on the podcast is faith. It's trust. It's belief, yeah. you yeah. know, mm-hmm. like all of that is. And so it, that's a beautiful example. I really appreciate mm-hmm. you sharing that. Yeah. Well, and there is like, I mean, the truth that I eventually got to, or like, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying it's all tied up with a pretty bow and everything's all perfect now. Cause it's yeah. not, it's like, yeah really at this is like an active thing in my life yeah but the the axiom of god is always present and at work um Mm kind of hit my heart in this new way because that is true not just for me but it's also true for my friend and Mm -hmm. believing that god is active and present to me there's also this and god you're active and present in my friend's life as well and so the 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 action that i am now like really trying to participate in and working and learning through is every time my heart thinks about the situation and like, oh, maybe I just call my friend and I ask to go for a walk and then, and like, I, you know, like rehash the whole thing and we can talk about it again. And I don't know. And I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that that wouldn't be maybe for the future, but for right now, there is this reminding myself every time I think about it, God would you open my eyes to how you're active and present in my life? And would you open my eyes to how you're present and active in my friend's life? And that's been like an an action, a prayer that I've been doing every time I have anxiety about this relationship, which is so like really life transformational, which is like what I, I mean, I read this chapter and I'm like, you guys, this isn't just words on a page. This is actually like, how God is working in my life and opening up my eyes to real life change. So that's so awesome, Christy. It's great. Yeah. Uh, Gino, as you're listening, uh, what's stirring for you? So what, what occurs to me is that I have a lot of high minded ideals about what the kingdom looks like here and now. And I often have a lot of well-worn paths of uh, disappointment that it's not actually happening. And that distance between is where I get stuck quite often. Mm-hmm. I feel like I just want to walk away or I don't want to engage. Um, I think I'm, I'm kind of like, um, you know, you're on driving on a highway and there's a on-ramp and someone instead of merging just stops at the end of the on-ramp. They usually have Jersey tags, <laughs> by the way, in Philly, <laughs> but um it's so uh, annoying because nice, you think nice. like if you just if you just trusted enough yeah, to jump in there, it's okay. It's not usually there. disastrous, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It'll be okay. Yeah. And and so this invitation to kind of act as if it's true mm. um is is where I want to go, but I get stuck often 
just in my emotions of disappointment mm-hmm. or frustration, if only they did this, or if only they knew this. Yeah. And, um, the, a lot of growth I think has been happening in just that pause of being yeah. a, a compassionate awareness of mm-hmm. saying, not, not assigning the, my destiny eternally <laughs> in the kingdom coming here and now, um, to how I feel in that moment but being aware that I'm feeling something and maybe I could just think about that or ask questions about that rather than act as if that's the truest thing that's happening. Yeah. Hi, my name is Carol from Fergus, Ontario, Canada. When I think about the years in my GLA cohort, I am filled with fond memories and gratitude. I looked forward to our time together each week. In my second year, although I was the only woman and Canadian and only one of two non-pastors, this group saw how God was working in my life and encouraged me along the way as we processed our Kairos moments together. I was at a point of transition in my life And having people who were learning the same things and processing with them was incredibly valuable for me. We were all from such different places and contexts, but it didn't matter. We helped each other see the world through the eyes of Jesus. This was a safe and encouraging space to process what I was going through and to equip me to be a leader who noticed the activity of God in my life. I'm so thankful for the work of Gravity Leadership. To find out more about Gravity Leadership Academy, visit gravityleadership.com slash academy. There is, it's hard to describe this, um, but I think a significant part of what we're talking about in this chapter, and we do that, that model um, is kind of the basis for a, a tool that we teach on in Gravity Leadership Academy. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot, it's, um, I was just thinking about the feel of the shift for people oftentimes, and I said this before, I guess, but like it oftentimes does feel like the shift from grabbing down hard and trying really hard and actually just letting go and, and allowing there's a consenting, there's a, um, there's a surrender to something beyond our control um, that this represents, I think this movement um, represents. That's what it feels like to me is a move from gritting my teeth and trying harder to make good things happen and relaxing actually and allowing, you know, and then surprisingly finding, wow, good things do happen as I allow the good news as I allow God to work, as I drop my own uh, need for control in this situation. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I appreciate sharing I th- that, Gene. I think about um, other relationships besides how we are interacting with God, but with others, mm-hmm. if there's a lack of trust, if we're, we're assuming the response is always going to be negative, we won't consent mm. to trusting them. Or even that car yeah. merging on the highway, right? Lack of trust or consent to most of the time this is going to work out people are going to make room for me yeah yeah and what what Mm -hmm. bad work that does in our relationships if you know i i i can tell lots of stories in my own marriage and in uh, Mm -hmm. with my kids of 
of times where I feel like I need to control the outcome. And really the, the thing is I don't trust them to respond in a way that is loving probably because I don't understand what love is. Maybe that would be the first one. <laughs> um, but also because my expectations aren't loving. They're not the best thing. And I think I've just been conditioned to not really trust people because I got a lot of experiences that say people yeah. aren't trustworthy. So all yeah. of that has to be unwound yeah. in this process of saying, why do you feel this way? And most of the time it has nothing to do with anyone else, but just me. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I wish I could relate, Gino. I just can't. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Matt, it's a remarkable thing about Matt. He's only ever had good experiences with people yes. who have loved him and cared for him really well. Always so. up and to the right. Um, yeah, right? It's so much so, pressure to outdo myself every uh, interaction with people. Uh, no, Gino, I can totally relate. And uh, this is one of the reasons why I think um, when you have a vulnerability hangover, sometimes you're taking one for the team. Mm. Um. It's because it's because I think I think this sh- one of shame's most crippling messages. Uh, it's twofold. No one else is like this, yeah. and if other people find out, you'll be abandoned. Yeah, yeah. and uh, both of those things are straight from the pit of hell. Mm-hmm. And um, part of the vulnerability hangover we feel is the gripping fear that that shame is true. Yeah, and uh, you know I just honor both of you for uh, spitting that shame in the eye with the cross of Christ. You know? Yeah. Kind of like... Non-violently. Uh, yeah. Non-violently. I, I got a picture like that exorcism where you're holding the cross yeah. up and you're flinging yeah. holy water at that shame. Yeah. And I uh, appreciate you doing that. Um, yeah. I also appreciate that little scene playing in my head. Um, <laughs> maybe uh, what, what, what questions does this chapter leave you with? Um, or what, what does it bring up uh, or not bring up that you would want to explore more? You know, I think uh, the thing that, well, two things, I guess. One thing is, well, can I share a story? Uh, Because this is what made me think of it. Um, As you guys are talking so much, and maybe listeners are like this too, when they start to notice something, um, if they're like me, they just want to fix it. Mm. They just want it to be like perfect and right. And they don't want to go through the actual process maybe of what... God is doing. And it made me think of that. Um, I don't know if you guys remember this story, but I think it was 1994. Is that when the Olympics were in Atlanta? It doesn't matter. Anyway, back in the day, uh, there was a, a guy from Equatorial Guinea named Eric Bonnie, I think his last name is. He was a really good athlete. And so the nation basically said, you're going to become a swimmer and you're going to go to the Olympics. And there was like money from the Olympic <laughs> committee, I guess, to send him. Well, there wasn't a pool around. So he went to like a resort pool and just swam laps three days a week and then ended up going to the Olympics. And the in the time trials, the, he was only in a group of three and the two other people did a false start. So he automatically made it to the next like thing. Hmm. So he goes up, he's in this thing, he's doing, what is it? A hundred where you go back and, you know, one time down and one time back. And, um, and so he, the, the gun goes off. He's, he jumps in. And it wasn't like Michael Phelps, like, dive in. It was like my three-year-old jumping in, you know, like, with arms and legs flailing. And he jumps in. And he basically starts, like, freestyling and then eventually doggy paddling. He gets to the end and he, like, touches the wall. Not like the cool flip where you, like, you know, put your feet in and kick out. 
He just touches the wall and starts coming back. And the the people on the sidelines literally started taking off their shirts, thinking they were going to have to jump in and save him. (laughs) No lie. There's like a whole newspaper article you can read about it. Because they thought he was drowning. And he eventually like gets to the wall and hits it. And the crowd goes wild. He is like over a minute beyond the person who finished before him. I mean, he did not win at all. But he made it. And he jumped in. And to me, it's like this beautiful picture of what I think God is calling me into of like, just mm. jump into the process. Just, just be vulnerable. Just even, it's not going to look like the person next to you. It's not going to be all perfect. It's not going to be like quote unquote, Michael Phelps. Right. But, um, but it is going to be a process and you are mm. going to learn. And so to me, for those listeners who are like, Oh my gosh, like, yeah, I want it to be perfect too. I'm just saying, Hey, um, maybe just jump in. So that's one thought I had. Um, the other thought I had is this is really beautiful in community Hmm. when we are able Mm -hmm. to dialogue about this stuff. I mean, I called Matt, um, because I, I wanted to talk about it with somebody. And so I think if we can do that in community there, it's a real gift and it's really encouraging. And, um, it brings about like a sense of camaraderie, but also like a sense of like, Hey, we're in this together and where where is God showing up in your life? How is He teaching you? What it what are the truths that kind of are surface surfacing for you to, you know, step into? Yeah, it's hmm. good. That is good. I kind of want to just sit with that story for a bit, but that doesn't make for good podcasting. You're supposed to. <laughs> and now a moment of silence. And now for some radio. thinking. <laughs> and now for something different: internal processing. <laughs> um. Gino, how about how about for you, man? Yeah, similarly, I the thought that keeps coming up to me is um, we we don't have a particular perfect way of responding to everything that that comes to us, mm-hmm. and I I just want to echo the encouragement that I that I get from this conversation we're having from reading this book and in this chapter. So something that I just want to emphasize is that it's okay. If you're continually failing in your response, whatever that yeah. means mm-hmm. to things, yeah. what's what's maybe less okay <laughs> is is how you then respond again. It's like how to are you failure. processing to that yeah. failure? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And and maybe maybe something that that I would just want to also encourage people to is times of silence is good. <laughs> we we don't have to. I, I tend to be someone who responds very quickly to everything. And I think something that has happened to me in working through this material is pausing. I think I mentioned it quite a bit, but sometimes yeah, I've, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard NT right say that you, we have to slow down to catch up with God. And I like mm-hmm. that, that imagery that I'm frenetically thinking and acting. And God is saying, as soon as you want to join me in reality, it's two steps behind where you are in your head. Mm, yep. And there's a lot of good work to happen there. Mm, that's really good. That's really good, Gino. Um, I will admit, I was listening to you, and I could respond mm. quickly to what you said, but I was uh, internally cogitating on Christie's Olympic story as you were talking. Slowly. Understood. It's true. Slowly yeah. processing that, ruminating on it. Two uh, steps behind, it, if you will. It gives me always, <laughs> but that's the way, that's the new uh, two steps ahead. 
Yeah, because you're with God back there. I'm, so I'm with God back right, there. Yeah. Right. It's kind um, of a Jesus juke in in some ways. Then, right? It's a little well, bit of a Jesus juke. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, a nice one, but it's hard to do all this while praying without ceasing. But somehow, I find the way to do it. <laughs> Uh, I, but Chrissy, your story about that Olympian, um, actually, and I want to return Gino in a second to what you said, but I'm going to let that simmer too. But Chrissy, your story about the Olympian, uh, brings up the question for me, Ben, if the United States showed up on your doorstep and Mm -hmm. demanded that you become an Olympian, what sport would they, uh, be dragging (laughs) you into? Mm. Um, well, maybe blacksmithing. (laughs) Is that a sport? That's. I don't know if it's a sport, but that uh, strikes me as something that you might think I'd be good at. You you, you say that a lot about me. You do me. have you a body. Be... <laughs> you have a body that's built for the Middle Ages. Yeah, yeah. I, I could uh, I could wield a sword. Not a Middle Age body. <laughs> nope. A body well, for the Middle that Ages. Too. That too, actually, Christy. I'm forty. I'm almost forty-seven here. So. Ben's Ben's got really wide shoulders for his uh, dainty frame, and he's also got exceedingly uh, hard. Like would break the hands of a masseuse, shoulders and neck. Like I have if had, you tried, if you try to I like, have had masseuses low key shame me. They'd be just like, "What do you do all day?" I've been mean, like, I, "I'm here to help me. Don't shame me." Help Wielding me a hammer the, next to a furnace. Shoulders. What are you yeah. doing? Yeah, <laughs> I live in the Middle Ages. Oh, blacksmithing, huh? I think I would just go for something like curling because all I'd need to do is stretch my. I'd have to stretch out my uh, upper thighs and groin area to get down there real low. You know how they do with that front leg way down there. Mm -hmm. And then it looks like it would be a stretch that would feel good. It'd be like well, I I took a lot of years of taekwondo and dance, so already I think my I think my thighs for a forty-five six-year-old man are in pretty good shape for curling. Hmm. Okay, if you took the mean thigh limberness of a forty-six-year-old man. In, My in guess America? is I'm a in America? In America firmly 40s? above average. Okay, I maybe this could is even not go globally. two steps back. This is like fourteen steps. I could back. even go globally. And yeah. I've just noticed that the curling gents, they've got full dad bod. They, you know, they're not really. <laughs> there's no diet. There's no chin ups. Yeah, they're not oh. puking, <laughs> unless it's the beers after the curling match. Yeah. yeah. Anywho, well, I, if if blacksmithing is not a uh, an event or a sport. Uh, I would join you on the curling team, Matt. You know, we would make a pretty good curling team. I think because uh, I would ha- I would have the flair and the pizzazz, and you would just uh, tell me you would just tell my th- my thingy what to do with your broomy. Yeah, and then uh, the we'd be kind of like that meme. Those two golfers, you guys seen that meme with the well dressed <laughs> John <golfer> Daly? The, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know their names, but like yeah. the guy with the, like the zubas or the pink you'd be the pink you'd be the pink golfer off the rails uh so gino now that i've had a second to think about what you said (laughs) i think this was all part of what i said look we all know whose fault this is this is tom wright's fault um that guy always gets us off track uh uh, gino i was thinking about um i've I've been seeking to develop like a mindfulness discipline practice which is just basically paying attention to your thoughts like minding your mind, right? Rather than getting caught up in your mind. Now, uh, secret, just the four of us, when we track Kairos moments, we are we are cultivating an everyday mindfulness. Plug your ears, listeners. We're learning to we're learning to mind our mind, which if we're going to take dominion, we might as well start with our bodies. Mm-hmm. Might as well, right? Might as well. Um and I was thinking about how 
people who practice mindfulness, they say, when you fail and you notice that you fail by chasing a thought, mm -hmm. that is actually mindfulness. Yeah. Because you've it. noticed that you failed um, and you just return again. So it like flips failure on its head in a yeah. way. Because yeah. to even to even notice your failing is being mindful of failure. And it's all about how you treat yourself when that happens. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about how that practice is very similar to what you're talking about, Gino, that our relationship to failure changes inside of acting as though it's true. Because just like when a four-year-old attempts to do something that a parent mm -hmm. says and does it imperfectly or incompletely, uh, and we smile and think it's either cute or heartwarming, right? So mm -hmm. too, so too, like our heavenly Father, yeah. you know. And I think, I think your admonition, if I may use such strong a word, to uh, rearrange, to reorient our relationship to failure, it does put us in the way of compassion. Yeah. We can begin to see ourselves with the patient mercy of God, versus this tyranny of perfection, or making you happy, or making sure people like me. Right mm -hmm. or 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 being the most successful, etc. Mm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. We we get the opportunity to talk about this a lot in our community, mm -hmm. um, particularly as people start to name their relationship to failure and how mm -hmm. that paralyzes them from taking mm -hmm. action, and then re discussing that one. You thank you for naming that you're aware of how you're responding to the idea of failure, whether it's actually happening. Or right. things that you're avoiding because yeah. you think you might fail. I had this conversation with a friend just a couple of days ago and, and thought about, you know, what's not, you know, in, in me, I want to ask, like, what's the worst thing that could happen in this situation? Mm -hmm. But I don't want to say that. But I think what, what Matt, you're saying is really helpful is, is encouraging that awareness of this as a concern is actually tending to what God is doing yeah. in your heart and in your life. And then also what, what kind of embodied actions of trust might you take yeah. to see if that's true yeah. and to act as if something else yeah. might be true too. Yeah. yeah. So acting as though it's true isn't about getting it right or yeah. doing it well Yes. or making it better. It's about, tr it's about, the, it's about training in love. It's about mm -hmm. um, 10,000 times bringing ourselves to the precipice of love and throwing ourselves into it, mm -hmm. and and the outcomes. This is the this is the tragedy. I think the human we experience it as a tragedy, but it's really blessed. The human the tragedy from a human perspective of love is we don't get to control outcomes mm -hmm. or other people. Yeah, we just we we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, and it's an offering and a mm -hmm. sacrifice. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it, we mm -hmm. we let it go, yeah, and it's not ours anymore. And that's that's uh, very difficult for people uh, addicted to control. I've heard I've heard people who who are addicted to control say that. And I I can't imagine. Actually, I can't. Uh, oh, ben, I, I cut you off. Sorry. What were you going to say? <laughs> um, well, I uh, I'm not sure. But now, what I'm thinking about. Um, oh. I'm I've been cogitating. Um, on curling. You going that back to curling? Idea. No, I don't oh. want to. Okay. I mean. I have been thinking about that a little bit, but I, uh, I do, um, I do, I do want to get back to this, you know, like, like what you said, you know, mindfulness, like 
when you realize that you've lost track of, you know, like your discipline, when you realize that you have gotten distracted, realizing that you've been distracted is actually returning to your practice. You, you are actually practicing. And I think it was Thomas Keating that I heard say this, um, this way, where he said, like, if you get distracted a hundred times in a 20 minute, like session of contemplative prayer, then, uh, that's not failure. That's 100 times you've practiced 100 times bringing your mind back. That's practice. That's all it is. And I, I just remember reading that and, and thinking about this and thinking like, oh, so I can't lose actually. Mm. I can't actually fail in the way that I think I, that, that I, in the way that I think I can, because all I need to do to win is just like acknowledge what happened and come back. That's it. Like there's no penance needed. There's no you know, overwhelming feelings of guilt that I need to pay attention to, I just come back. And so it's, it's like, there is this sense in which, oh, that's faith. Well, I could do that. I can, I can live by faith. Yeah. I can't actually like, I know there is a sense in which we could, we could fail, but like the, the way of actually proceeding is not like arduous. It's not like a, a big hill to climb. It's just a step that you take and you can take it. I don't know. It yeah. felt, it felt incredibly freeing to me. Just to realize that, oh, I'm just practicing. Every time I fail, in quotation marks, um, if I notice it and just recognize it and return, well, then I'm just practicing. Mm-hmm. And that, that's living by faith. I'm living by faith. You know, so. Ben, the, um, I remember that quote as you said it, and, and, and Keating also says that you return to a loving God. Yes, right. So, yeah. so even more so, right? It's right. you come back home when you mm-hmm. recognize this yeah. failure and yeah. in a sense. Yeah. And so there is no the end is the end is flourishing. That's it's, right. Yeah. It's you can't, shalom. You can't lose. You can't lose. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, it feels like exceedingly good news to me. Yeah, and Christy, I was thinking too about your call to not try to go this alone. Like this kind of life is really hard to live, mo- mostly because it's really hard for us to be present by ourselves, and it's really hard for us to have the courage to craft these experiments by ourselves. And then, and then when sometimes we just need somebody to lower us through a roof, you know. Sometimes yeah. we just need that. Yeah. Like I remember in our conversation when I just named, you know, uh, we've processed I don't know a dozen kairoses this last year together. And I just was like, hey, 11 of them are all about this one thing. And you're like, I know, I hate that. And I was like, well, yes, I know you do. But we, when we were talking, I was like, what would be a good faithful next step? How would you act as though this were true? And you said something to me, and you were like, here's, what, here's how I would act as though this is true. And I got to tell you, I hate every word of that sentence. <laughs> you remember that? Yep. <laughs> yep. I I know how to meet Jesus in this, and even the thought of doing it makes me want to punch something, you know? Yeah. And uh, here's, here's what's beautiful about that, Christy, is that you feel comfortable enough with me to tell the truth about yourself. And I feel comfortable enough with you uh, not to ratchet up, I don't think I ratcheted up the fear, guilt, and shame there. And to, or try to give you a pep talk or try to control you or try to squeeze you into doing that, leveraging, you know, words or jokes or I don't know, whatever else <clears throat> uh, I could leverage to get you to do that. But simply, you were able to tell the truth about yourself. 
I was able to hopefully receive that in a way that was beneficial for you. And then I was able to ask you like, okay, so how are you going to, do you remember this? I said, how are you going to make use of the community of people who love you to yeah. give yourself a better chance of doing this? Right? Yep. Because because when it boils down to it, here's the secret. When it boils down to it, we don't really want to get saved. Mm. We're scared to death of getting saved. Right? Like, you're like, here's what I need to do to get saved, and I don't want to do it. And if I don't tell anybody, if there's nobody in my life who can bear that with me, guess what? Like, 99 times out of 100, Chrissy's going to find other things to do that are more appealing. I mean, she's going to read her Bible over meeting Jesus in this crap. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what we do. And I guess I guess I just want to affirm what you said and that you're attempting to walk this out, that like in these places where we we feel like we're going to die, I feel like our identity is crumbling. These are the places we most need other people to look at us reflecting the love of God and championing us on. No, that's just what was going on when I was, you know, listening to Ben talk about being a blacksmith, which is an Olympic sport, Ben. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think it is, but you know what is? Pretty sure it's not. You know what is uh, an Olympic sport? <sighs> uh, Roke. Roke. You should look it up. It only it was only in 1904 though, okay. and uh, I think if you trained in Roke, you could make mm-hmm. a pitch to bring that back. So that right. when the government officials show up and grab you by the scruff right. of your and, neck and insist for the good of the country <laughs> that I join the Olympics. Um. Well, that's enough. That's probably enough silliness. Yeah. Good uh, enough silliness. Um. And and uh, this was a great conversation. All silliness aside. Or maybe even because of the silliness, this was a great conversation. Gino, Christy, super, super much appreciate y'all. Yeah, your vulnerability. I love it. And yeah, like being that. with us for this series, guys. This, I mean, this is our this is the final episode of this mm-hmm. series, and so there's a little. It's not like we never talk to each other, but you know, there's there's a little goodbye here for yep. us. I know. It's sad. We're just gonna have to like get together and. Yeah. I don't know. Everybody at Christie's house, probably. Everybody fly out to Colorado. <laughs> Retreat in Colorado. Come on, friends. <laughs> Here we Let's go. do that. There Let's we do, do that. that. Or we can do these video boxes on a screen again. You know? <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Man, maybe. Well, we could do that too. Let's do it again. <laughs> Let's do it again sometime soon. All right. Good people. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being with us on this journey. Again, you can purchase this book uh, wherever books are sold. I think it's wherever also on sold. audiobook. It right? is. Yeah. Ooh. Yep. Yeah. And we so did, uh, we did not read it. We did not read the audiobook. There is a, a professional voice actor who read it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I listened to a sample. Uh, he seems to have done a pretty good job. James Earl Jones read our book. <laughs> that would be amazing. In, in, oh uh, in a Darth Vader voice, actually. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird <laughs> listen, but right. If you take it in small chunks, it's right. not too bad. May the mind of Christ be with you. See you, listeners. <laughs> And also with you. (laughs) 
Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you're finding it helpful, we'd love it if you'd tell your friends about it. Ratings and reviews online also help others find the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Joining our Gravity community is free. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. Our show is produced by Ben Sternke and Matt Tevy. Aaron Sternke edits and mixes the podcast, and you can check out his work at aaronsternke.com. We'd love to hear from you. To record a question or comment for us, go to gravityleadership.com slash message and click the start record button. You can also email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.